Welcome back. Uh, welcome those that are visiting with us, but of course welcome back those of you that are first Sunday of the year with all the COVID disruptions. There's been a lot of those kind of things going on. I'm mindful of that. I'm aware of that. I'm aware of that there is a sense of coming back together at the moment, having, having experienced a, a season of disruption. Uh, and in that sense of coming back together, I want to today and then the next couple of weeks kind of just fuse together church and life and scripture, uh, which is what we do all of the time. Uh, but I want to do that with a little bit more um, intention this morning and also uh, with a little bit... Um, I've chosen my words carefully this morning. Not, I, I don't ever not choose my words carefully. Uh, but uh, to the point where I've written paragraphs in order to kind of keep me on, keep me on track. Uh, most of you know that I've done a lot of study. And when you do a lot of study, you inevitably do a lot of assignments. So writing is like, you know, I'm used to writing. And I do a lot of public speaking as well. But sometimes you can't work out whether, should we just chat about this? Or should, we, should I write a paragraph and read this out? And so I've written a few paragraphs this morning. Because I want to be kind of particular with my language. Uh, I do this aware of a lot of things. I'm aware of, um, I'm aware of the, there are churches in the headlines at the moment around the world. Uh, that, you know, and most of the headlines are not super positive. Um, so kind of, I'm, I'm aware of that. That's in the background. But I'm aware that we're kind of coming back together. And then I'm aware of, like, why come back together? Why, why keep persevering with the church kind of thing? Especially if there's bad headlines. Why, why keep running with that? Um, let's... No, I was going to say Timber Bowling, but no. Some things are, some things are you know. Sorry, sorry, sorry to all the Timber Bowlers out there. I love a good game of Timber once every two years. So here we go. Um, up on the screen. I, I, I want to talk about church. I want to talk about life. But then I just want to, I want to look at Scripture. And I've chosen this Sunday, the next couple of Sundays, to use the uh, lectionary text, which is to use the, the, the biblical passage that are chosen for us via the church calendar that has evolved over time. So when I do that, what that means is I have no idea what's coming up. Or, I mean, I can look ahead to see what's next week, but I just then I have to work out, what are we going to talk about in light of these passages? Rather than sometimes if you're doing a series or a theme, you know what you're kind of talking about. We're just going to go wherever the, the Bible takes us. As we fuse together church and life and scripture. All right, so let me... Uh, the paragraphs are up there. You don't have to read them. I, I'm going I'm to just read slowly, offer a little bit of commentary. I'm just trying to be intentional with my language this morning. Life isn't passive. You don't get to sit back and watch. Life requires engagement. Our world is a theater for action. Uh, the question, therefore, is how shall we act? Uh, life isn't simply made up of material things, trees and mountains and oceans, and we just get to kind of wander around aimlessly looking at it all going, that's a lovely mountain, that's a lovely tree. Uh, there's, there's more to it than that. We actually have to work out how are we going to act in the world. Uh, and that's not straightforward. Uh, you can probably appreciate that if you watch the news and you discover, wow, people act really differently in this world. We're not all acting the same. Uh, there's governments in countries as unanimous as Russia doing different things. Or I was going to say anonymous as Russia doing things. It's like we're not all acting like that. It's not as straightforward as we think, trying to work out how shall we act. As Christ followers, we want to act in a way that is good for us now and good for us in the future. We can all make decisions that are great for us now that have dire consequences around the corner. That, that's probably not the best choice then. Uh, we, want to make, we want to live in a way that is good for us and good for others. Humans aren't super tolerant. 
If you start just living in a way that's good for you and bad for the rest of the people in your house, they'll let you know and uh, you will rub up against each other and you may need to change the way that you are acting. We want to live in a way that's honorable and pleasing to God. We want to live as faithful representatives and faithful worshippers, the faithful worshippers we were created to be. We want to live out the Sermon on the Mount. We did a whole series on the Sermon on the Mount. It's been about 30 Sundays going through the Sermon on the Mount. We want to live that out in the world. This isn't always easy. Up on the, up on the next slide. It isn't always easy. It especially isn't easy in a world that can be harsh and exhausting uh, and unpredictable and traumatic and painful. It's not always easy to live out the Sermon on the Mount. As well, we're all navigating the mystery of providence and curved balls and poor choices and dead ends. We've all got to navigate our finite wisdom and that we don't all get it right along the way. Life's all over the place, irrespective of how we act and engage. You, you, can, you can live it faithfully and still have some curved balls that upset the whole apple cart. That, that makes it complicated. Uh, we're living in exterior and an interior life. We live in exterior and an interior life. And sometimes they mirror one another, and sometimes they're hugely disconnected. Sometimes my inner world is at incredible peace, stillness, calm, trust. And my exterior world, there's nothing but storms and chaos and craziness going on. Sometimes my exterior world is peaceful and ordered and predictable. But on the inside, I can be a mess and upside down and back to front and full of anxiety and, and, and all sorts of stresses. And then sometimes they kind of mirror each other. That's confusing and complicated, difficult. It's a mystery. We're trying to figure out the differences between an earthly perspective, a heavenly perspective, a temporal perspective, and an internal perspective. That, that's just a trip. We won't unpack that, but that's, that's a trip in itself. Is this a heavenly perspective, an earthly perspective, an eternal perspective, or is this just short-term? Do I need to think? That that's, can be confusing. We recognize that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and we embrace Christ as our source and our compass. Yet the Bible doesn't give us 10 steps to stress-free, successful living. don't know if you've looked for that in the text. It's not there. You won't find it. It's just not there. Uh, we get Psalms and Proverbs, and often we like Psalms and Proverbs. Oh, that's good. How to live a wise life. Uh, but then we also get Lamentations, Ecclesiastes, and Job. Those are the other wisdom books that remind us that, hey, you can do all the wise living, and man, it can go to custard. <laughs> and then that's like, whoa, what do I do with that then? That, that's complicated. Further complicating all of this, the world is not a neutral space. Every sphere of life is a discipleship sphere. And we're continually being discipled at cross purposes. I don't mean cross as in the cross. I just mean like we're continually being discipled in different directions all the time from the different spheres of life that we engage in. Corporations, politicians, distorted desires, social media, Hollywood movies, family and friends, they all work to shape the lives that we live. Faith and fidelity fade, giving way to fear and false gods at times. Gospel surety shifts and we sell out to sidetracks and shortcuts at times. As Paul so bluntly but honestly put it, Oh, what a wretched man I am. But it's all of us. So, oh, what wretched people you are. 
there you go, just want to encourage you with that this morning. <laughs> However, he then acknowledges the goodness of God. Thanks be to God, who delivers me, who delivers you, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Though we fall short, though we miss the mark, though we fail to live up to being the image-bearing priestly vocation that we were created to be. That's what sin is. Sin is to fall short, to miss the mark, uh, to aim wrong. Not even just to miss the mark, to aim in the wrong direction. Though we're all doing that all of the time. We're all not quite living up to the Sermon on the Mount. We're all not quite living in fidelity to God. We're all not quite living in total faithful worship to God in all things. We miss the mark. We fall short. We, we aim there and end up over there. Though that's the reality, God demonstrates his love for us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, how we need, therefore, the body of Christ. We need the body of Christ. The body of Christ broken upon the cross. Heaven's victory over sin and death. We celebrated that in Easter only a, a few weeks ago. Uh, we need the body of Christ in the bread and wine of communion that reorientates wayward hearts back to the foot of the cross. We've had communion this morning already. We need the body of Christ that is the church of Jesus in the world. And here we are gathered, a local church, an expression of the body of Christ, a church of Jesus gathered here locally. The local church, which is experienced in one's local, uh, the local uh, the church, which is experienced in one's local church community of worship and the word, of sacrament and salvation, of mission and mutual support. That's what we gather. We're, we're, at least we're working towards that. That's what we're, that's the kind of community we're trying to be. Local churches that serve as a sacred space, stewarding the story of Jesus. Declaring the truth of the gospel, calling one another to fidelity and faithfulness, encouraging and equipping and educating and supporting one another in the life of Christ. Church and life. The church is not a show or a performance, not an event that is always fun, exciting, titillating, or even always interesting. I'll do that again. The church is not a show or a performance, not an event that is always fun, exciting, titillating, or even always interesting. The church is not that. Rather, the church is a healthy and holy habit. The church is a one another community of faith, hope, and love. We commit together and regularly not to be entertained, but to be present to God. And to be present to one another in a sacred rhythm of discipleship. To be present to God, attentive to God, present to one another, attentive to one another in a sacred rhythm of discipleship. So like I said, life isn't passive. You don't get to sit back and watch. Life is a theater for action. But we need help. We need the church and to be the church to one another in order to stay the course. In order to align our action in a way that's honorable and pleasing to God. We need the church as an anchor point in the many complexities of life. I'll post all of that up on the St. Luke's Facebook later on. But I want to write that out. I wanted to be careful with the language. I wanted to, it's not so preachy, it's more reedy, I understand that. But I wanted to be particular with what I was saying. That we would appreciate that there's this theatre, the world's a theatre for action. 
It's not always easy to know how to act. We need the church to coach us and teach us and encourage us and remind us. Half the time the church is just a reminding community. Oh, what's the new thing, the novel thing that the preacher's going to give us today? Nothing. Just the same old thing from 2,000 years. Just reminding of you. Boring. It's like, well, that's the wrong category. It's the wrong category. Tea and coffee after the sermon. Did you enjoy that one? No, that was stink. It's, that's the wrong question. It's the wrong, you're not measuring the right things. Do you feel like God spoke to you about something this morning? Now, that's got very little to do with me and a lot to do with your own attentiveness. Your own attentiveness in worship or in the sermon or, or at the communion table or in conversation with one another. Very little to do with the pastor or the leadership team. Do you feel like God spoke to you this morning? Oh, I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention. I was thinking about, I saw there's a, a red spot special across the road at Farmers. And I'm like, I'm going to go there after church. It's like, well, good on you, but I didn't give my life for that. I'm careful with that language because I, I, I don't want to mislead anyone to think, man, you need to go to St. Luke. It's going to just get more and more amazing every week. No, it won't. It's not, we're not even trying to do that. We're trying to just be faithful, to remain uh, faithful to God, to, to, to uh, champion fidelity, faithfulness, encouragement, to be a reminding community. And at times, hopefully, there'll be things that I'm able to unpack because of some of the work that I've done. That you go, I didn't understand it like that. Oh, that, man, now that you put it in that language, that's really helpful. Hopefully that happens, but it's kind of a side problem. So we've got church. Then we've got life. We're leaving, weaving that together with the, the actual lives that we live here, there, and everywhere. Some of the things in my week, this week. Sick kids. Two of the boys, well, the two boys, they've got a snotty nose now, but they've, so they've come a long way. No COVID, no positive tests for any of that. Just... Kids at home all of the time, 24-7, you know, blocked up. Just ongoing. Parents will know what that's like. Uh, navigating my own anxiety. Some of you know my journey with anxiety over the last kind of three years or so. It goes up, it goes down. Uh, it's been up a little bit in the last five, six, seven weeks. It's life. Same, there's my St. Works, my St. Luke's work, my St. Works. My St. Works. <laughs> so holy is my vocation that we call it St. Work. My St. Luke's work, just the stuff that I do. We had, we had a trust meeting, there's a sermon to write. Oh, we're not doing worship this week. Okay, we've got baby dedications, it's mothers. Okay, how are we going to weave that together? All right, we're looking for some staff. What are we going to do? You know, just my job, like you have your job. Uh, plenty of kilometres running the streets. You know, you, you can, if you track me on Strava, you'll be like, oh, I think his anxiety's up. He's run nine days in a row. <laughs> you know, so there's, there's that. That actually brings it all down, so that's a good thing. Uh, there's a war in Ukraine. That, it's like, that just trips me out. Like I, I, I'm very careful with how much news I watch in regards to that. I, I, I can't do anything about it. I feel helpless in regards to that. So, you know, I want to pay attention. I want to know. But then at the same time, it, it's just, that's beyond me. And I, I need to just steward the filters or, or maintain the filters because otherwise it's going to spin me out. Uh, there's some churches and some pastors in the headlines at the moment around New Zealand and Australia and different places. They're all people that I know personally in a previous life and different things. So, you know, that creates, you know, processing that and then engaging with a lot of other pastors, processing that. It's just part of the world at the moment. 
went to the latest Downton Abbey movie. That was good. That was nice. That was awesome. That was a little break. Lisa and four of the girls were going to the movie, so I gate-crashed that and went along as well. So I like Downton Abbey, so that was good. Uh, we're getting... Our house has been re-roofed at the moment. That's a lot of money for no change in your house, just a roof. That's, that's a lot of money for no actual tangible anything other than the roof looks good. Uh, so that's good. So we've been painting... Um, Barge boards. We've been painting, pulling, peeling tin back, painting barge boards, and then the roofers have come in. Well, the roofers were going to come in. We had the entire roof lot of colour steel stolen. So that, that was awesome. That was cool to uh, get up on Monday morning at five o'clock to go for a run because of the anxiety. And you go outside in the dark with the headlamp, and there's tyre tracks coming down the, the grass outside the property. They'd rolled a truck, a ute and a trailer down, and um, you know, we'd, Lisa and I, do we need to shift this? When it arrived, we go out, then you can't, you, you know, you can't even budget. It's over a ton of steel. It's like, oh, that ain't going anywhere. No, that is, that is going, that's definitely, that's just definitely going down the road that way. So that was, that was awesome. 44 sheets of colour steel gone. And then, um, so you quickly grab out the, um, the contract with the roofers. He's like, ooh, bullet points. Um, once delivered, it's the household's responsibility to uh, store the materials in a safe and secure manner. It's like, oh, that's not ideal. And this is like at 5 o'clock in the morning or 5.30 in the morning. It's like, call the insurance. It's like, they're not up for a long time. It's like, this is not good, blah, blah, blah. It's just life. Uh, cut a long story short, when we got a hold of the roofers, uh, a bunch of their procedures had fallen over because of some different things that I don't need to go into. But they said, hey, this is not your problem. This is our problem. You don't need to give a thought about it. We'll sort it all out for you. It's like, oh, that's good. Thank you. Awesome. We want you to have a good experience. We are having a good experience. I can tell you that. Doesn't seem like that much money now compared to where it could have blown out to. So we've got a, we got a new roof on now. So that's, awesome. that just, that's just life. And your life will be similar. You might not have had colour steel stolen this week, but you'll have the complexities of your life. The, the, the commitments, the responsibilities, the whatever's happening in your world. And, and uh, maybe you don't face anxiety, but maybe there's some other health challenges. Or maybe there's no health challenges, but there's some relational issues that are going down that are complicated. And maybe work stress. Well, you, you're trying to weave that together, and you're trying to live faithfully in amongst all of that. What, is it, what does it look like? Well, I, need, I, need, I tell you what, I need this gathering of the church community. This community of faith and fidelity to keep me on track as I just navigate the normal realities of life. Because these complexities, they drag me all over the place. Some of them are disorientating. Some are seeking to disciple me. Some of them are disheartening. Some are distracting. Some are appropriately demanding. Some of them are appropriately uh, rewarding and fruitful and energizing. But it's just normal life and it's a mixed bag of this, that and the other thing and it disciples me in all sorts of directions. I actually just have to go slow and pay attention in order to be discipled in the right direction. I need this community of faith. Sacred place of community and worship and reorientation. I need that as a healthy and holy habit in my life and I believe we all need that. So we don't come to watch upon the, the next slide. Uh, we don't come to watch. Don't come to rate the sermon out of ten. Come to listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit. Come to listen. We all come to listen. You should come to listen for the voice. You should come attentive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes you might hear that 
in the expected manner, in the sense of maybe the sermon will encourage you. That would be awesome. I hope that. But it can be in unexpected places as well, a conversation you have over tea and coffee. And then you come to learn that actually God can speak to you in church in all sorts of ways and it all becomes expected. But come attentive to the voice of the Spirit. When you come to St. Luke's, when we gather as the church, come to talk to somebody new. Each Sunday, just one conversation with somebody that you haven't had a conversation with before. I don't necessarily mean new to the church, I just mean new to you. Just each, each Sunday, just make a little personal commitment. Each Sunday, I'm going to have one conversation with somebody that I've never had a conversation before. And you discover how when you do that, we, we grow as a community to one another. Brothers and sisters in Christ, come to be a friend, to make a friend. Come to serve others in the community. We have rosters, and you can serve in different ways. But when you're not on a roster, you're still on. Because we're not gathering to watch an entertainment show. It's a participatory community. Come to lift your hands in worship. Come to place Jesus at the center of your life. Come ready to pray and to encourage and to love. Or come ready to receive prayer or encouragement or love. Come to participate in the gathering of the church. We need the church. We need the church to fuse with our lives, to overlap with our lives. All right, church life scripture. We do this crazy thing. We open this ancient text, this thing called the Bible. And we quite mysteriously declare it to be the word of God. A lamp to our feet, a light to our path, a source of wisdom and insight. Revelation regarding the plans and purposes of God in human history. We, we opened this text up as the church has been for a couple of thousand years now. Believing that somehow God can speak to us in that in a way that relates to our lives and the things that we're going through. And yet, like I said, it's not a textbook or a guidebook. Some people say the Bible stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. It doesn't. It doesn't it's not, it doesn't, it's, not, it's not, not that. It's not what it is. With the wonder, the mystery, the guidance, the encouragement, the peace and presence of God calling to us through Scripture, coaching us through Scripture, reminding us through Scripture how to be holy, whole and wholesome people and yet, Scripture itself is a multiplicity of genres and authors and complexities. Some of the books are easy. Proverbs is pretty easy. If I, as, as a pastor, I say, Proverbs is pretty easy. They're not promises. They're not guarantees. You've got to work out when to apply the right one in the right situation. But basically, it's kind of basic kind of guidance for wisdom in life. It's pretty easy. Malachi, minor prophet. In the Old Testament, when Israel's in exile, you know, in Babylon and trying to figure out where is Yahweh, eh, not as simple, not as, straight, not as straightforward, a little bit more complicated. So get a, and yet somehow this is all mysterious that speaks to us. I'm reading a commentary on Ezekiel at the moment, so we'll probably do a series on Ezekiel at some stage. The reason I did that is because like of all the books in the Bible, surely Ezekiel is not helpful for us in any way, shape or form. Like wheels within wheels within wheels, that's not helpful. <laughs> And yet I have a conviction that somehow it is helpful. We've just got to figure that out, this mysterious text. Again, it's not always exciting or entertaining. The Bible's not an edge-of-your-seat experience. Uh, uh, I've read it a few times, so when you circle back around, you know what's happening. I think I've told you the story about my cousin who, uh, when we were younger, 17, I shared a bedroom with him, and he'd, he'd come to live with us and recently got saved. He'd never read the Bible. 
So he's reading it for the first time. And it was actually quite a delight to hear somebody reading it for the first time. Uh, I've told the story, but he's like, Whoa, he says, Whoa! This guy worked for seven years to marry this girl. And I'm like, just keep reading. <laughs> and he's not the fastest reader in the world, so it was a while. Oh my goodness! He got the wrong girl! He's going to have to do another seven years! It's like, oh man. Imagine reading it for the first time. That would actually be, that'd be quite cool. Um, I do remember talking about the Easter story with Romeo when he was like four or something, telling the Easter story. He's like, you're joking, eh? I'm like, what? He's like, he dies and then he comes back to life. <laughs> the four-year-old's like, no, yeah, that's the whole point of the Easter story. He's like, ah, oh, please. This is this four-year-old kind of thing. Every time it rolls around to preach Easter here, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Everyone knows the twist at the end of the story. Comes back. So it's not always, it's, it's not always entertaining and exciting. It's, some, it's sometimes very familiar, and all we can do is be reminded within it. Yet we believe that opening Scripture is, again, a healthy and a holy habit that, that calls us into the purposes of God and calls us to live in this world as, as we're called to live. So here's today's lectionary readings. I'm going to finish with them this morning. Psalm 23. Uh, you'd know Psalm. So these are the, there's four passages. In the, the lectionary offers us four passages for any particular day. And these are the four passages that we're given today. So we're given Psalm 23. Uh, you'd mostly be familiar with Psalm 23. It talks about the Lord is my shepherd, shall not want. And it goes on to talk about being led besides still waters and green pastures and these kinds of things. John 10, 22 verse 30 is the famous passage in John's gospel where we have Jesus saying, uh, Jesus saying, my sheep listen to my voice. My sheep know my voice. They listen to my voice. I know them and they hear me and they follow me. So we've got the Lord is my shepherd in Psalm 23. We've got Jesus in John 10 talking about being the shepherd, the sheep knowing his voice. Revelation 7 verse 9, probably a little bit less familiar to you, but the passage talks about salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And then, and then later in that passage in Revelation, for the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So those first three, it's pretty easy to see how there's, there's, some, there's something thematic happening there. There's, there's these three passages reminding us of Christ who is the good shepherd. That we're to know the shepherd's voice. We're to follow the shepherd's voice. And that ultimately the shepherd will wipe away every tear in their eye. Then we jump into Acts chapter 9, verse 36 to 42. No talk of a shepherd here. Not as easy to see how. Why did they pick that one? How does that go in with the rest of them? Let me read Acts chapter 9, 36 to 42. In Joppa there was a disciple named Tabitha. Uh, also known as Dorcas in the Greek, Tabitha. She was always doing good and helping the poor. She became sick and died. Uh, Lydda was near Joppa, so when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, please come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs. The widow stood around him crying and showing him the clothing that Tabitha made while she was with them. Peter sent them out of the room. Then got down on his knees and prayed. Turning towards the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes and sat up. 
He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. Many people believed the Lord. So four lectionary leadings. Three speak of the Lord who is our shepherd and can be kind of tied together pretty easily. This fourth one seems a little bit disconnected. Why are people seeking out Peter? They're seeking out Peter because Peter who is, is one who has been with Jesus. Peter's one who has been with the shepherd. Peter's one that's lived with the shepherd. In heartache and pain and loss, you want someone to come alongside you who has been with the shepherd. In heartache and loss and pain, you want somebody alongside you who has been with with the shepherd it's not the first time though that Peter has been called out because he is one who has been with the shepherd hey aren't you one of those ones who was with Jesus Peter denies it no 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 I'm, I'm sure it was you I'm sure you're you're one of the ones that's been with Jesus and again he denies it and a third time no no you're definitely one of those people that you're one of the Jesus people. You've been, you've, been, you've been hanging out with Jesus. And then a third time, Peter's like, no, I'm not the guy. I haven't been with this Jesus character. I'm telling you it wasn't me. Then the rooster crows. And Peter bows his head in shame. So it's not the first time Peter's been called out because he's one who's been with the shepherd. But this is a different Peter, and this is a different time, and this is a different moment. Now when he's called out because he's one who's been with the shepherd, Peter responds, Peter comes. He's called upon and he goes out once. He goes immediately. And in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the heartache, in the middle of the loss, in the middle of the pain, as one who has been with the shepherd, what does he do? He gets down on his knees and prays. Gets down on his knees and prays. He gets down on his knees and cries out to the shepherd. Cries out to Jesus. And who knows what might happen? In this instance, we have this incredible miracle of the dead coming back to life. On other occasions, it's peace and comfort. On other occasions, it's strength. On other occasions, it's joy that comes in the midst of heartache. But either way, things shift when you go to the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. My sheep listen to my voice, I know them and they follow me. And then salvation belongs to our God who sits upon the throne and to the Lamb. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He'll lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So life isn't passive. You don't get to sit back and watch. Life is a theater for action, but we need help. We need this church community to be present to one another in community that we can stay the course, that we can be the body of Christ to one another. At times I feel dead, I feel down, I feel disheartened. I need somebody to come alongside me who has been with the shepherd. At times I'm the one who's been with Jesus, who sat with Jesus, who's feeling full of faith and confidence and belief. And I know that others need me to be present to them. At times we're the disciples that kind of go between. 
oh, I see something over there that's happening, but I know someone over here who could help. Let me go. I'll go and get the one who's been with the shepherd that can help in this situation. That, that's kind of what it is to be the church to one another. Sometimes I need you to have sat with Jesus so that you can sit with me. Sometimes I need to sit with Jesus so that I can be present to you. And we need to be the go-betweens to each other who, I know who could talk to you. I know, I know the right person that could help. Steve's broken both his ankles before. He knows what to do. You've broken both of yours. That looks nasty. I'll connect you up. How are you going to, I don't know how you drive, but you'll figure it out. <laughs> Cut a hole in a roof, lower him down. That's what happens in the church. John Settle sent me a text week this week. John was prompted to send me a text regarding a particular issue. And he sent me the text, and it was very encouraging. It was like in that moment, John had been with the shepherd, and he was present to me. Sam Harvey, if you know Sam, pastor of Bay Vineyard, rang me this week. He was prompted to ring me about a particular thing, and he rang me about a particular thing. And it was like Sam had been sitting with the shepherd, and then came alongside me. I had another pastor contact me this week, and they had some questions about some things. And the questions they had were about some stuff I'd just done. A, I've just been processing a whole bunch of stuff in regard to that. I was like, oh, that's all right. You need to just do, 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 do. It's like, oh, my goodness. That makes, that is so helpful. I cannot tell you how helpful that is. It's like, ah, oh, I'd sat with the shepherd and was in that moment able to be conduit of the life and grace and presence of God. I was able to be the body of Christ to him in that moment. Attentiveness to the shepherd allows us to be the church to one another. Up on the next slide, this was our prep. This was, so we've had the lectionary text. This was the set prayer for today. God of comfort and compassion, through Jesus your Son, you lead us to the water of life and table of your bounty. May we who have received the tender love of our good shepherd be strengthened by your grace to care for your flock. It's not a pastor's prayer. It's not, a prayer, it's not a prayer for the pastor, that the pastor can tend to, the, it's, it's a prayer for the church, that the church of Jesus, who have received, all of you who have received the tender love of our good shepherd can be strengthened by his grace to care for the flock, to care for one another. All right, let's stand together. Close in prayer this morning. I have homework for you. This is the homework. I'd love you to be still for a moment at some stage this week. To be attentive to the voice of the shepherd this week. To think of people in your world and your life this week. And maybe you might be prompted to send a text. Or to write a card. Or to send an email. Or to buy a present. To give a gift. To catch up with somebody for a coffee. To come alongside somebody. To give them the 44 sheets of colour steel that you have in your backyard to return them. <laughs> Homework is just to be still, to be attentive to the voice of the shepherd in relation to someone else that maybe having sat with the shepherd, you could be the body of Christ to them and extend love and encouragement in, a moment, in the moment. And it might just be an encouraging text and it might turn out that it wasn't an amazing thing from God that I needed right in that moment. 
trust me, nobody minds getting an encouragement in text just for the sake of getting an encouraging text. That's the homework this week. Alright, let me close in prayer. As you go this morning, go in the tender love of our good shepherd. Go strengthened by the grace of God. And as you go this morning, may you go in the comfort and compassion of Jesus ready in all situations to offer comfort and compassion to the world around you. We are in the season of Easter and Christ has risen from the dead, trampling down death by death and on those in tombs bestowing life. So may you know the life of God in all things and be an extension of that life to the world around you. Go as the church of Jesus, gathering in sacred rhythms of discipleship and scattering as the love of God in the world. Always in the love, the life of Christ. In Jesus' name.